Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to another episode of Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 10, Single Stamina. Hey, Jen. Hey, Steve. Well, there's a lot going on in the world, but we're going to pretend it's not and just let you relax and ignore what's going on outside your doors and windows and just disappear into the magical world of How I Met Your Podcast. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. It's very heavy for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it probably goes without saying that yeah, our podcast is a Black Lives Matter supporting podcast, but we are aiming to, you know, make content that's funny and hopefully a distraction from some of the things that aren't so great about the world right now. And Now that Jen's warmed you up as an audience, we'll go ahead and jump into the episode. But before we actually get into the episode, I have some fun trivia stuff. There is a website called What Culture. I'm not sure if we've covered this one before, but it's another one of those entertainment websites that, for some reason, keep posting things about How I Met Your Mother. I almost said How I Met Your Podcast. Wouldn't that be neat? Neat. I've never used the word neat before. It would be neat. They did a top ten, or actually a top eight list, of Barney's best love interests. Okay. I thought we'd go through that. Sure. So number eight, they had Shannon. Obviously, this isn't a terribly deep list if we start off with the woman that broke his heart early on. However, she is the person that created the Barney we knew in season two. Yeah, I think she deserves a place on the list. Number seven is Rhonda the (laughs) Man-Maker. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Lost his virginity to her in an unimpressive display. Number six, Meg. She's the one from Doa Satripla and the Bracket that is in love with love. Right, and the one that Barney tricks into staying over at the house. I think she gets arrested. Yeah, Bites a cop or something. Who knows? <laughs> that sounds we'll, right. We'll get there later. That's a really great episode. Uh, number five, Wendy the waitress. Okay. Number four, Abby, which is Britney, Britney Spears. Spears. Number three, Quinn. Okay. Makes sense. Do you remember what it was that broke Barney and Quinn up? Because I had forgotten until I kind of reread this list. Was it the prenup? Yeah. Very good. Number How two. How did you forget that? It was like... An entire foot tall of papers. All right, we have two left. What is, who do you think is number one? Um, is this influential or? I don't know. <laughs> well, how am I supposed to pick it? Okay. I don't know what the category is. I mean, it's obviously between Nora and Robin. Right. They actually have Nora as number one. Okay. They think she would have made a much better couple in the long run with Barney. Well, then that list doesn't make any sense. <laughs> is it what's, who was best for Barney or who had the most influence on Barney? I'd have to... I'm not going to go back and dig it up and reread what the the qualifiers were for this. All right. A different website, metro.co.uk. So I guess this is a British website or entertainment site. They did a poll for their their readers on who was the best cameo. I think they gave like 72 choices for How I Met Your Mother. Number three was Brian Cranston, who got 14% of the vote. Nice. Now, this isn't directly relatable to our best recurring characters list, but because he was on that list, he was number seven, so I'll I'll mention them when they were on there. 
Uh, number two, Katy Perry with 15%. A little surprising. She had a very short yeah. appearance, but I guess she's, she's so popular in the 2000s that between her and Britney Spears, you know, you're not going to do much better for that age group. Yeah, that's an interesting choice of cameo to be that high up, but eh, I'm not mad at it. Number one, Britney Spears with 19%. So I, when Only you, 19%? Yeah, when you look at it, I mean, these are... I guess if you have 72 choices, it's going <laughs> to... A lot of things are going to get split out. Yeah, and cl- quite clearly, these are, you know, popular votes from the 2000s where, you know, Brian Cranston became a much bigger actor mm-hmm. at this point, and then those two were the biggest pop stars that showed up on the show. Right. Who was the other big pop star? J-Lo. Ooh, who was the other big pop star? <laughs> Boy, they had a lot. I don't know. Who was the other one? Uh, my ex. The one who I almost dated. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Oh, Carrie Underwood. Ah, how did I forget Carrie Underwood? Yeah, so Carrie Underwood. But we will... I'll save my Carrie Underwood story for that episode. It's a very underwhelming story for all the <laughs> hype you're giving it. Boy, you really know how to drive away listeners, don't you? <laughs> this is going to be the best story you've ever heard in your life. I just don't want them to give up on the podcast after they wait all this time for this Carrie Underwood story and then find out what it actually is. Like Cam on... Modern Family, who said he he could have dated Julia Roberts, and that his story is really <laughs> underwhelming. <laughs> yes, that's the exact corollary right now. <laughs> One more piece of news. Kristen Milotti and Andy Samberg are going to be in a movie together. Hmm, okay. Kristen Milotti, of course, the mother, the titular mother in How I Met Your Mother. Uh, it's going to be called Palm Springs. It's coming out on Hulu, a Hulu release. Okay. Might have been going to the theaters, maybe but then rerouted to Hulu with everything that's going on. Right, possibly. It's sort of like a, a version of Groundhog Day. Hmm. Okay, I've not heard about that. And that is it for my news. I have a thought on the rankings that I do. I think I would like to do them at the end, so maybe you can get a better sense of how I felt about the episode and give you a better chance of guessing where it's ranked. And instead of doing, you know, top 50 or whatever, we'll, we'll give you a, a shot at, you know, the 10. So is it top 10, uh, the teens, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s? And that'll probably be a sort of a more organized way for you to guess at it. What do I get if I win? We can talk about it. <laughs> what do you want? I don't know. Be like really built it up like it was something. <laughs> to... Well, tell me what you want if you win. I'll tell you what I want. As a sort of an equal counterpart to if you lose. I don't know. You can get back to me on that. I will have to get back to you. Podcasts aren't good for thinking. Not typically. (laughs) I mean, that's why we edit, so we can edit out the thinking parts. And a heck of a job I do at that. Interesting thing about this episode, which is, this is something I read in actually IMDb trivia, and I'm not sure if you came upon this as well, but this story is obviously about, for those of you who have watched it before, and I hope you have before you're listening to this, Barney's brother enters the picture and is getting married, much to Barney's chagrin. Barney doesn't approve of, not not gay marriage per se, but just marriage. Well, coincidentally, three weeks before this episode, I don't know, aired? Yeah, three weeks before this episode aired, uh, Neil Patrick Harris came out. So this was this aired November twenty ninth, two thousand six. So this was two thousand six. So yeah, we yeah do have the little tidbit that yes, NPH yeah came out a few weeks before this. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's a little bit of a timely episode because now it's June 3rd, so happy Pride, everybody. Oh, yeah, that too. So New York City in winter. We have the four of the, the two couples staring out into the lovely New York City winter and snow through the window. And what's even better is being a couple and viewing New York City through your window in the winter, and he calls it couple hibernation. Sounds good to me. Yeah, we've been guilty. Yeah, we're also, well, I mean, obviously, we're, we're kind of in the same-ish kind of area of the country where, you know, it gets fairly chilly in the winter, so staying inside is preferable a lot of the time. Yeah, I feel like when we were actually in the city, we didn't stay in much even during the winter. I think we... No, I, I don't think that slowed down our social life. Trudged through snowstorms to get <laughs> to bars before that were walking distance, but I see the appeal of staying home now. Now that's so much more effort to go out. There was something really fun about making it to a bar when the streets were shut down, and the only people that were going to the bars were the people that could kind of get there on foot. Mm-hmm. It made it a real neighborhood feeling. Yeah. Good times. They were. Obviously, the couple hibernation was not fun for Barney. I kind of really feel sorry for Barney. <laughs> yeah, Barney's very left out of this. Yeah, Marshall and Lily are obviously back together, and now Ted and Robin are together. So Barney is like definitely the fifth wheel, which is you know, new for him. He keeps popping in to suggest events for them. Now, to be fair, these all were horrible. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I don't know that any of them would have wanted to do this normally. Yeah, so we get an all-night rave in an abandoned tire factory in Newark. A private jet to go skinny diving. Now, do you, I assume you know what skinny diving is. It's skinny skydiving. Yeah, skinny skydiving. Sorry. Yeah, that just seems dangerous. <laughs> you don't know where you're going to land. Well, that and it's winter. Oh, yeah, I guess it is winter. <laughs> I didn't even think about that part of it. <laughs> I mean, you don't go skydiving with clothes on in the winter, much less skinny <laughs> right. skydiving. And then Fair point. finally one beer downstairs, which they still say no to. I know. Poor Barney, so desperate. <laughs> Fifteen second walk. And Marshall goes, no, Lily went sleepy by. <laughs> so Barney is, you know, off his game. He doesn't have a wingman. He's at the bar trying to be his own wingman. It's not working. Have you met me? Doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, then you're just the creepy guy at the bar alone hitting on girls. Then we go back to the apartment where Barney this time brought a reinforcement as he comes in before he even... He, he makes... He, I think he jumps into some suggestion. They all say, no. He says, okay, fair enough, but... No, I don't even think... Did he even say... No, he didn't even suggest anything. He just walked in and they were all like, no. <laughs> okay. I thought that he said, fair enough, but let's do this. I, or he, he said, I didn't think that would get you. No, um, that's later. Okay, thanks. Here he makes a Willy Wonka reference. He said, you know, right. I get you guys off of this couch. You know, I didn't, re- I didn't write it all down, but we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, how there's a lot of Willy Wonka mm-hmm. or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, whatever you want to call it, in How I Met Your Mother. But this is his intro to his brother coming in. Brother, uh, he mentions his brother James. Everyone reacts with excitement. So people people are really pumped up to see James. Yeah, so Robin guess, hasn't met James. Yeah, as I was say, so yeah, presumably it seems like Marshall, Lily, and Ted have all met James before, and it's Robin that's meeting him for the first time. So in Barney's description, he is the 
awesomest, most best-lookingest, greatest guy ever. Mm-hmm. I think Lily mentions that he's gay. You know, except he, he's just like Barney, except for he's gay. Robin thinks that's very interesting. And Ted thought that she should have a heads up just so there's no surprises, which is a nice little setup. Mm-hmm. Then we get Wayne Brady. Robin reacts to him being black, and we get the sort of fun, snotty Ted. Oh, sorry, I don't see things in black and white like that. I see look at the inside of a person. He's just having some fun with her, of course. When I was re-watching this, I wanted to go back and see, when did I start knowing who Wayne Brady was? Like, where did he come from? And I realized that I never saw him act until this episode of How I Met Your Mother, although I had seen him on Whose Line Is It Anyways. Yeah, that's what I remember. Uh, back in the from. late 90s. And then after that, he was on Chappelle. And that was before in 2004. this? Okay, yeah. So that was before this. And then didn't he... Or he hosts some sort of game show now. So I would have seen him in this, although I might have seen him in the 30s. It's hard to say what, Let's what I saw. Let's make a deal. Oh. <laughs> Got there. Good. I believe, I'm not sure which I saw him in first, this or the 30 Rock. I like him better in this. Oh, I forgot he was on 30 Rock. But I think I've mentioned this before. In fact, I know I have. That I believe that you know this one scene in the apartment of him as the introduction is incredible. And then he's never this good again in the show just because they don't give him enough to do. Yeah, yeah. He shows up from time to time. But yeah, it's, he doesn't get... Like you said, anything like that interesting. When he's trying to pep talk Barney after Barney gets dumped by Shannon, he's pretty good there. I think they give him some funny stuff there. Mm-hmm. Although I think they overdo it with uh, you know him having to sleep with Rhonda and <laughs> trying to think of, trying to think about you know baseball players. Right. Um, but then there's a pretty good emotional episode when he gets Barney to face facts about you know his dad's not Bob Barker. Right. Yeah, yeah, and so, I mean, that he is around when Barney has some, you know, revelations about his paternity, and, you know, James finds out who his dad is, and that, you know, leads to a lot of issues for Barney, because he still doesn't know who his dad is, and, yeah, we see some emotion from Barney down the road. So, Wayne Brady, James, as we'll call him, he comes in like a ball of fire, he is very showboaty, he Tells everybody how great he's doing. He just went skinny skydiving. <laughs> he just won his laser tag. His team won their laser tag. Oh, well, okay. So he went skinny dive, skinny skydiving. It was legendary. He just won laser tag. Legendary-er. And his something about how great his suit is. The tailor dropped dead making the suit. Which is ironic because that's how gorgeous he looks in it. And then he does a fun little you know, fashion model pose dance with Barney as the photographer. Mm-hmm. As the pretend photographer, taking the pics. And then we get a gimme five, and Barney's pretty stoked. <laughs> gimme five's back. Yeah, and, you know, we should have seen so much more of this James, first of all. And second, it's hard to understand, why are we just meeting James? Why isn't Barney hanging out with him all the time? You know, yeah, we don't get a sense he of He seems to want to do he... the same things as each other. Does he live in New York City? I don't know that we ever find that out. That's true. I would guess that he does. And We don't know what Barney's doing all the time. Maybe they are going out. And they do give us flashbacks of times that they have been each other's wingmen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's just, you know, mostly off screen. We don't see it. I do like James's little, like, yeah, is Gimme Five back? Yeah, I put it in my blog. How excited Barney is. 
So they both have blogs. <laughs> right. Now, you can imagine some something where Barney's just copied all of these things off of him over time. And Robin says she needs the backstory. And I like how James and Barney both go, please. Right. Well, since I was going to get to that in a little bit when yeah, Barney talks about yeah, how, why they wear suits and stuff. Like, yeah, so where did this persona grow from? Because really, well, we'll get to it when it gets to that line. But kind of like you were saying, like, yeah, did Barney get this from James? Did James get this from Barney? Yeah, I think it's a good time to talk about it now because Barney decided to do the suit thing after that guy Greg stole his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And kind of became this playboy kind of guy. Yeah, so, so we see it's you know maybe around the time cuz you know we get we haven't seen this yet but we'll get to it you know we get flashbacks to when Barney and Shannon had just broken up and he goes to James for advice um and James is still not out at that point so yeah potentially they kind of did a little like glow up into them themselves around the same time yeah, so I guess they could have sort of built these personas together at yeah, this point. kind of doing, like, parallel. Especially journeys. once James came out and was, you know, wanting to dress fashionably and such. Mm-hmm. And wanting to not think about marriage. Right. So, yeah, we never really get that full, like, yeah, how this came to be together. But, yeah, I can kind of see it makes sense. The narrator starts to talk us through a flashback, and we get the mom <laughs> only waist down. And we get Megan Mullally's voice as the mom, as we had discussed in previous episodes. Is that credited? I yeah, forgot to look. Oh, okay. It is credited. And this would have been pretty, I think, pretty deep into the Will and Grace run. So yeah, she wasn't a nobody Grace? just doing voiceovers at this point. And Will and Grace wasn't even on CBS, so that's interesting. Yeah. I'm surprised they don't. They actually don't mention it in the tri- any of the trivia I, wa- I read. Yeah, so. that's why I was wondering if it was credited. Cause, yeah, I didn't. I didn't look at the you know, cast list, but I. Did I didn't read the trivia. I didn't relook it up this time, but I know that I verified. I recognized her voice before, and then I verified it by looking it up. So, okay. I know that I've verified it in the past, and then we get the line that we've discussed in past episodes of you know why is he white and I'm black, and she says because when I was pregnant with you, I ate vanilla ice cream. And you know what ice cream I get? You've already done this line, although not not everyone may have heard that episode. But uh, do you know what I did. ice cream I was? Yeah, I forget when we spoke about it before, but we did that because you reminded me exactly what he said. I got it wrong because oh, I thought it was okay. just straight up vanilla chocolate. But oh. he guesses coffee. <laughs> he guesses coffee. And she it, says no, but I did drink lots of coffee when I was pregnant with both of you. Can't smoke. <laughs> can't, can't smoke without the coffee. coffee. Oh, <laughs> and oh, then they sh- and then they show a couple other answers she's giving over time. But and those none of were them cut out up. in the TV version, and they're not great. So we'll just skip right on over them. At this point, Barney tells Ted, who's eating ice cream, coincidentally, vanilla. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That it's over between them and James is his new wingman. Which you would think that James was his former wingman. This is all a little bit confusing. Ted's completely fine with it, of course. <laughs> yeah, they don't Ted's really not play concerned. this. <laughs> they try and play this for a small laugh, but it's not very memorable. And then we see a little bit of history of James and Barney's oh, okay. so, being so, wingmen. Sorry, I, I print out the transcripts from the episode, so I have it in front of me. It says last time James was in town, so clearly he doesn't live. Oh, in, okay. In yeah, New York City, which could you know he could right. potentially maybe live you know. Yeah, last time he was Long in town, Island Barney or, got slapped. You know, somewhere. right? Was that the line? Mm-hmm. He, okay. Well, he no, he got slapped once, lucky twice, and then he has a question about whose penthouse 
hot tub did you end up in? And it was a celebrity. Those files are closed, non-disclosure, but they had too much back hair. And once they closed a brother and sister combo, they called it the Donnie Marie. <laughs> That's a reference to the Osmonds, of course. Our, for our younger listeners, they most definitely won't know who Donnie and Marie are. But, I barely know who Donnie and Marie are. <laughs> well, the Osmond brothers were like sort of the original boy band. They even were out before the Jackson Five were out. Hmm. Okay. And they, you know, they played around a lot on stage. I think they, they probably had their own little, you know, variety show for a while. And then, much like Janet Jackson, Marie, the, the only you know girl that got into the act, as far as I know, uh, like I said, came into the act and. Then Donnie and Marie sort of became a duo, and all the other brothers kind of faded into non-existence. Did they have a, their own show or something? Yeah, they had their own variety show, the Donnie and Marie show. I'm not sure if that's exactly what it was called. And when um, is this? 60s, 70s? I would say the show, yeah, it would probably be late 60s, early 70s. And Donnie Osmond kind of had a bit of a rock career in the, I want to say, late 80s. Really? Yeah. Um... And so I think the reference here is there's like a song that they would sing. Yeah. Like a duet. James says she was a little kind con- or did did Barney start off with she was a little Barney, con- yeah. Barney yeah. started it and then James. When they reference Donnie Marie, Barney references that Marie was a little bit country and <laughs> and then James says Donnie was a little way into black guys. Their their I think their song their sort of I Got You Babe was a song called a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. So the actual song is, yeah, uh, she's a little bit country, he's a little bit rock and roll. Yeah, it's a, it's a good bit. Yeah. I mean, it makes it seem like people that are in their 60s are writing this episode, but nevertheless, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> some of these antiquated references that they're making. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm antiquated because I got it right off. Yeah, I wonder, I think... Are the writers probably a little bit younger than you? Maybe around the same age? Probably around the same age. We get a montage of their wingman antics. There's one where a girl kind of, you know, rejects Barney on sight at the bar, and then James come in, comes in as, you know, kind of super gay and buddies up with her and then introduces her to his brother, who is fab. Don't you go anywhere. Ulysses. <laughs> and does a great physical delivery of it mm-hmm. when he does it. Yes, he's... He's really playing it up. On the reciprocation, we get Barney playing up a fake medical emergency for James in a gay bar and picks out a hot guy to be the one to give him resuscitation. I know. Poor guy that's like, I know it. And he's like, uh, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a rejection. So James wants to know that we're back into the apartment James, in real time. James wants to know if they are coming out. You're coming out with us, right? Groups gives a few different versions of no, and I love Marshall's. It's after nine, and I have warm soup belly. And <laughs> Lily's face, as he's saying this, is just so proud of him for some reason. <laughs> and Lily's excuse is just, jammies. <laughs> you always catch these little tiny Lily <laughs> remarks that I, I never notice. Well, it's it's kind of hard because there there's really some gold in the times that they're all saying things at the same time, and sometimes you really have to listen to pick out. <laughs> yeah, captions help. Yeah, captions help. The transcripts help. But every once in a while, I'll catch something that's not in either, and it's usually really good. 
Then James launches into a motivational speech. Sounds a lot like a preacher when he's giving it, which is maybe a little foreshadowing of who his father is. Oh, interesting. And then the group's so motivated they run off to get ready. Yes, it made me want to go to New York City. We cut to, or we sort of get a break and then cut to, them entering a club. Looks like a sort of a regular vanilla club in New York City. And what, what famous awful line do we get from Barney as he enters the club? Oh, don't make me say it. Daddy's home. Ugh. And there's a girl. Did you catch the girl who like looks at him and just ugh, does yeah. pretty much the same thing I just did? <laughs> right. Nobody likes that, Barney. These are all, of course, going to be edited out, but we constantly have to take breaks to try and wiggle our dog a little bit to get her to stop from snoring too loud. And so much like Lily's ability to calm dogs in her paintings, <laughs> our podcast... Puts dogs to sleep. Yeah, puts dogs to sleep. So, Oh, but not the bad way. <laughs> Just helps them fall asleep. So, if your dog's overexcited or overstimulated, play our podcast. <laughs> And for everybody else, sorry, there's bulldog snoring in the background sometimes. Barney is right away trying to set James up. James sort of defers and wants to set Barney up first. They pick out a girl at the bar with a back tattoo, and they decide to go with the hero and the pig. So this is sort of our first play. Almost Well, no, because we see other, other plays that Barney does in the past, but I guess this is the first duo play we see. I mean, they already showed it in some flashbacks of, you know, the pretending to eat CPR was the play, and yeah. going up to the girl was a play, so this is just... You're right. This is the real-time play. So, James approaches pretty aggressively, nice tramp stamp, and then <laughs> rubs up on her, and Barney comes in and saves him, saves her as the sensitive guy, and I like the, what, 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 all right. <laughs> They've just got a really good rhythm together. Yeah, no, it's very funny, and... I'm sure in many ways she is the dolphin <laughs> encircled by flowers. So I was just going to say, like, Barney's really uh, trying his best to be the good guy here. In college, my senior year, I dated a girl that had a dolphin tattoo on her stomach and had a belly button ring that it was supposedly jumping through. Oh, interesting. But it didn't really work. Yeah, because belly button rings are small. Yeah. I mean, she would have had to get a much bigger hoop for it to really work. So I don't, she wasn't, she didn't think it out. <laughs> I mean, it's a cute idea. Yeah, I like the idea. I thought it was cool, but it just, in, pra- in, in viewing of it, it didn't work. The visual wasn't right. Now we get the narrator talking about recognizing the singles versus the couples at a club or bar. The singles are up on their feet. Couples are obsessed with sitting, singles are doing shots, body language is very different. Well, so as Ted's doing this voiceover, we get the, you know, the couples are obsessed with finding a place to sit, and they get kind of, like, rushed. They, the foursome is trying to get onto a couch, and they get bumped by another foursome, and they give up, and they just sit on the floor. Which would never happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely would not happen. The club at, wouldn't even let at you At a bar, that. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, that floor is going to be disgusting. Second of all, yeah, you can't just sit on the floor, but I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. James comes over to the couple, says he just run from some hairy guy who is periscoping. Do you know what periscoping does that mean is? What I think it means? Yes, it does. Yikes. Um, I won't go into detail, but 
periscoping means something's poking out from the top of his pants. Yeah, that's not a good visual. I was once at Nelly's, which is a bar in D.C., and we were there day drinking. I forget what the, it was like a Memorial Day. It, it was it felt like an event kind of day. Maybe it was Pride Week. I don't know. I was with a group of friends, and there was a guy standing next to me that was periscoping. Oh no! It was I, I had to move. It was just too horrible. He was drunk out of his mind. But. Oh. <laughs> Goodness. And then our friend Timmy came over to me and said, "That guy over there is periscoping. I cannot look at that anymore." Oh no. <laughs> That wasn't a very good Timmy accent, but... I really did not know that this was a real thing that happened. Oh, God. Yikes, that's going to haunt my dreams. <laughs> Lily's complaining that, you know, she wish she was still in her jam and she can't believe she wore a bra for this. It's like a booby zoo. Hey, I am all for it. So, like, this quarantine has not been fun for a lot of people. Like, everybody has to work from home. But I've seen so many posts about, like... I don't have to wear a bra anymore. And Freedom. Yeah, not having to wear underwire has been amazing. I'm, I'm happy for your boobs. I'm happy for my boobs, too. And, you know, this is like an awkward conversation to have on a podcast, but I can't, like, I can't go braless. I need some support. Mm-hmm. It's been very nice to wear, like, just regular comfortable bras for three months straight. So, yeah, look for the silver linings in this dumpster fire that is <laughs> yeah, coronavirus pandemic. Well, I'm glad you got to let those puppies breathe. <laughs> As a stranger says, suggests that Lily does. Yeah. And I do like Lily's, um, please come sweat on someone else. I like how he just walks away. Like he doesn't even hesitate. Right. Within seconds he's drinking from some girl's drink. Right. And Marshall feels bad for the guy. Yeah, the guys relate. It's, it's, it <laughs> takes guts to approach a woman. That's very true. But I Even as like, obnoxious as it can seem, it does take a lot of build-up to get yourself to do it. Yeah, that guy, I don't think had, there was a lot of build-up. I think that guy was just bouncing from girl to girl to girl. But I do like Lily's you know, <laughs> response in here is, poor guy, poor my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Marshall's, yeah. And I guess you know, maybe Marshall's a little more sensitive to this now than he would have otherwise been since he was sort of... Yeah, went through a tiny phase of trying to date and trying to pick up women at the bar. Yeah. Where this you know, didn't used to be a thing he had to worry about, and then for a couple months he And did. Ted had been doing this forever. Right. Robin says, you know, it's easy to say when you're on the receiving end, and Marshall kind of t- taunts her and says, oh, all these guys want to hit on me. And I get to... I'm not sure. I can't remember how we get there, but he wants to be able to order yummy fruit drinks. Right. So Ted points out. They're yep, delicious. Yeah. Ted's the one that points out like, oh, poor you. You know, people just want to, you know, buy you drinks and have sex with you. And then Marshall's the one that points out like, yeah, you get to order <laughs> yummy pink drinks with chunks of fruit. A hottie comes up and hits on James. He rejects him and says he'd be talking about his body the whole time. Lily's not buying this excuse. You can see the look she gives when he says this and then walks away. And then she goes right into her trying to call him out to the gang of um, all the all the science he's giving of being in a couple. You know, they all kind of collectively get there. Lily just points out, you know, that was the third guy that he blew off. And then Marshall points out the, like, single stamina stuff. Like, he's yawning, he's whining about his feet. He's now he's texting. Right, and then Ted's the one that posits, like, do you think he's in a relationship? And then, yeah, then Marshall notices he's texting. And they do really make a big leap from all of this to assuming he's in a couple. And they really make a huge deal out of it without actually knowing. Well, you know, Ted used to be in a detective club as a kid, the 
The most big boys. The most boys. <laughs> most boys have broke a lot of big cases. <laughs> so, I mean, they're not wrong, but it, it was a bit of a leap to assuming that he's in, like, a committed relationship. Like, yeah. he could have just, you know, had somebody he was interested in, going to hook up with later, but... It seems in this that they have the knowledge that the narrator has. Right. Yeah, because they also, they jumped right to he's in a couple and he's monogamous. But, you know, there's all sorts of ways to be in a relationship, so. They break it to Barney. Oh, yeah, and then Barney starts to name the things he's recognizing. He's been sleepy. He hasn't had sex with anyone in the bathroom stall. (laughs) And he really double thinks that. Like, no, he hasn't had sex with anyone in a bathroom stall. And Barney sees him texting, too, and is flabbergasted in a way only Barney can be. (laughs) Right. No! (laughs) Barney approaches. James says, hey, bro. Barney's like, don't change the subject. (laughs) I thought that was good. Right. Demands to see his phone, and James is trying to hold him off, and eventually Barney grabs it and sees it's a picture of James with another guy, looking all coupley and cute. It's weird that we never meet James in this at all. I mean, Tom. Tom. We meet Tom, don't we? No, not in this episode. Oh, not in this episode, no. I think we meet him in the future, I think. But even at the wedding, when Barney's given a toast and you can see James and Tom, Tom's, you're you're obscured from seeing Tom by somebody else at the wedding. Oh, that's So it's sort of like on the other side of of somebody else. Hmm. Maybe they just didn't want to pay the level of actor they probably would have needed to make it a meaningful character. Yeah, that's weird. All right. We're at McLaren's. Oh, sorry. We jumped over it. So, yeah, Barney grabs the phone, looks, and sees, and James, yeah, he asks James, who is this? And uh, and Barney says, you know, the answer better be, I don't remember who that is, or I don't know who that (laughs) is, or whatever. Um, And then that's when James reveals that, you know, this is Tom, and that's his fiance. Right. The next scene's in McLaren's. Barney's saying that he doesn't support this, and... Is this Game. the same day? I didn't know. Were they wearing the same clothes? I assume it's the same evening. Okay. Everybody else kind of disappeared, and it's just the two of them. He says, I don't support this. What, gay marriage? No, just marriage. Marriage. <laughs> James says he fell in love. Barney's disgusted. James wants him to be his best man. Barney says, no way. That's pretty much the sum of that scene. And then we're... Do you want to add anything to that? Oh, and just, yeah, as soon as James leaves... Um, two girls come up to the bar, and yeah, it's one of them, you know, bachelorette, and she's in a veil and whatever. And Barney comments, oh, "It's a freaking epidemic." Which I was like, "Thanks a lot." How I met your mother. Oh boy, you're like a dog <laughs> with a bone. <laughs> hey, I can't help picking out the correlations here. Marshall comes out of the ki- oh, they're at the apartment. Marshall comes out with a tropical drink, <laughs> the fruity drink, and Mar- Lily goes, "Oh, sweetie, did you make that for me?" And he just surrenders, yes. Barney enters, and... He, yeah, this is the one where you were saying <laughs> earlier, like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about it. <laughs> you were going to go for that. It's a clam bacon stat- a Staten Island. Oh, okay. <laughs> and You're right, you're right, yeah. I didn't even write that down, but so he enters and suggests they go do something, and then says, you know, he, what he really wants to do is he wants to talk about James. Mm-hmm. And he goes into a harangue about how, you know, gays are trendsetters, and if they start getting married, then everyone's going to start getting married, and... <laughs> The American family will be strengthened, which angers him. It's going to cause single life to die out. Yeah. So it's sort of the opposite argument against. It's Mm -hmm. the argument you don't usually hear 
in non-support of gay marriage. Right. <laughs> he, he's clearly equating what's happening to James to what's ultimately been happening with the couples, which is... Right. You know, I, I thought maybe I'd have James back a little bit now that these guys are coupling up. Right, and now it's another person lost the couplehood, and now Barney's all on his own again. Ted jumps in talking about how his sister married a guy that he didn't like, and I think, you know, later it seems like his sister's kind of too young to have married somebody, and we never hear about it again when we do meet the sister. Yeah. I mean, it's not impossible. I have a note about that, like, yeah, because we do meet Ted's sister once. I do have a vague recollection of him mentioning her getting married. But I can't really, yeah, we'll have to wait till we get to that episode. Oh, I don't remember that, so maybe that. you're right. But ultimately, Ted suggests, take him out. Just help him celebrate this. Barney's taking him out is sort of a secret plan to get him to hook up and realize that he wants to remain single. Right, so Barney takes him to a gay bar. There's a guy dancing in a cage, and <laughs> Barney says, yes, we're celebrating your commitment. This cage represents your commitment. Marshall is happily sipping a fruity drink. And then he gets approached by a guy who goes, you work out? Which is a really bad pickup line. (laughs) I'm sure it works on some people. So Marshall and Ted start reacting in a way that they think women should react when they get hit on but aren't interested, which is, I do. Thanks for noticing. I'm very flattered. (laughs) Dance? No, he's married. Well, I just figured with the drink. <laughs> and he tries to blame it on Lily. No, th- this is, you know, this is my fiance. You know, this is her drink. Yeah. And Lily pulls up her beer. No, it isn't. That was okay. It was pull, funny. I had to pull one of those out. It was just okay. No, he, he's like, yeah, Lily really having no problem throwing him under the bus or enjoying his fruity drink. Mm-hmm. He hits on Ted. Ted says he's straight too, but thanks for your time. <laughs> I appreciate your interest in my body. Some random guy compliments Robin's shirt. She likes that because he means it. Her shirt's actually pretty ugly. <laughs> I don't even think I, I took a good look at it. But. It's just like a brown striped sweater. It was not anything special, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like that guy was going up to hit on her to introduce her to his straight brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so her and Lily decide to go da- get danced because they can finally do it without getting groped. Did you get groped a lot when you were dancing at bars or clubs by random dudes? I don't know about a lot, but on occasion. Okay. Yeah, you know, maybe in New York City it happens more than other places. Who knows? Marshall and Ted are kind of loving this at this point. They like we are hot, <laughs> right? <laughs> Barney's being getting extremely bored with James' coupley talk, and <laughs> like it's wow. Sounds like you really rocked that arts and crafts fair. I mean, to be fair, the story sounded really boring. It did. Even to people that cared about things like arts and crafts fairs. Barney attempts to hook James up, and then James, just like he did at the other bar, switches it. And we get sort of an athletic shaming of Barney when they're trying to decide who's going to be the... (laughs) Right, the sports agent. Who's the agent, who's the football player. And then we get a quick shot of Lily and Rob dancing with each other in the cage. Yeah. <laughs> this aggressive guy comes up and hits on Ted and Marshall. Talking a lot about being in their sandwich. Right, and they're trying to have like a real conversation about Barney and how he's feeling, and they're not appreciating the intrusion. Yeah, they get annoyed. The guy's kind of annoying. 
He's also not nearly as good-looking as the earlier guys, which goes to my theory that you can be a little more obnoxious on hitting on people if you're good-looking. There's sort of a good-looking, obnoxious curve in that sense of sort of like the crazy hot curve. Well, there's a whole SNL skit about that. Yeah. And they actually sort of mention it later where they say, and it's never the good-looking ones. It's always the losers that hit on us. Okay. Ted says, can't two straight guys... (laughs) just have a conversation without getting interrupted and I like how the guy gives like a meow sign. <laughs> right. And no, Ted, no you can't. <laughs> That's their space. Well, no, I mean the rules still apply. I guess, but I don't know, you get to be all bent out of shape about it. No, you don't. Robin comes over to rub it in that they're not enjoying being on, you know, what would traditionally be the girl's end of being hit on all the time and approached by people that they're not terribly interested in. And now, with the gun, the girls confess that they miss it being hit on. Let's go to a sports bar. <laughs> right. Then Barney and James are having it out. And then we get the backstory of why they suit up. So they're not like those, you know, guys in T-shirts, those regular guys. They separate themselves. Yeah. And so, yeah, going back to what we kind of already talked about, I guess. Yeah, I'm guessing Barney kind of started that. And James jumped onto it. And then maybe together they developed this persona. James mentioned that they're not just getting married, they're also going to have a baby. And Barney... <laughs> and Barney instantly changes. Melts. A baby! He's like, Tyler, all grown up. Yeah, it's one of those things where this show solves a problem very quickly. I mean, everybody loves babies. No. Not everybody. <laughs> yeah, I do. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to make it sound like I'm not one of those people. <laughs> no, you're right. Not everybody, but... Yeah. Barney apparently is a is somebody that loves babies, so this instantly, yeah. Well, I mean, we get a little bit towards the end of him talking to the baby and saying, like, you know, you don't have to get married just because your parents are. So, But, yeah, helps him become a little bit more accepting of the situation. Yeah, they do a funny twist on being against gay marriage because it's going to strengthen the world of marriage, you know, the counter Mm -hmm. to the argument that's going to weaken the American family. And then... Him, you know, trying to make sure the baby knows that he doesn't have to. It's not, you don't have to be gay, but you don't have to be like your parents and get married. Yeah, you don't have to get married. So it's sort of a twist on all these sort of obnoxious arguments, Mm -hmm. looking at it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a good episode. We're at the wedding one year later. Barney's giving a speech, and it's, you know, again, weird that we don't see or meet Tom there, even though he's next to him. So that was very on purpose. Yeah, that's weird. And then Barney gives a weird toast. Yeah. Marshall and Lily are clearly married at this point. So, well, at this point, everyone knows that they made it to the, the wedding and got through the other end of it. And then... Right. And so Marshall points out, oh, it's nine o'clock. We should be getting back. But Ted and Robin decide to go dance. So did you sort of see the little Easter egg here with Ted and Robin? Or did you at least read a hint about it? Yeah, I... I read up on it. I guess I, I wasn't paying that much attention because I already knew that they had broken up at this point. So I wasn't, I didn't really piece it together until, yeah, I started reading and then I, yeah, rewound it a little bit and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so we get Ted saying, I'm going to stay a little bit longer, not we're going to stay a little bit longer. And then Robin saying, oh, I'm not tired at all. Yeah, so they, they clearly have single stamina. Mm-hmm. So no one would have picked up that they were single but it was a nice little Easter egg for the fans that probably would never have recognized it. Right. And then the, Did they have read it back then where people could have... They probably did. ...drilled down on this and said, hey, did anyone notice? Right. 
but yeah, then they go to dance. So yeah, if you're not paying attention into your first time through, you might miss it. We get a couple final scenes with Barney. He's hanging with the baby. He's going to teach him how to live. And then we get him talking with Tom's ex high school girlfriend or college. I said 10th grade. It. Okay. So his ex high school girlfriend and it's a real easy pickup. Too easy. Mm-hmm. Too easy to be funny. And then that was the end of it. Yeah, it's a very weird ending. Yeah, um, this wasn't one of the better, in my opinion, season two episodes. I think it was a, another bottom halfer, but I want to see if you can tell me where I have it ranked. So, what? So, um, yeah, so give me a range of, you know, 10, 20, 10, 20 to 30, 30 to 40. I mean, are we, are you telling me, is, is it top 100? I'll give that to you. It's the top 100. I'm going to say it's in the 90s. No, uh, actually 72. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like this episode. It just, you know, there's only so many times I can say it. There's so many good episodes this season that this is like a top five season one episode, but it's like a bottom five season two episode. Yeah, I, I mean, I like this. I didn't love it. Um, I do like it, you know, them flipping the whole gay marriage thing on its head and the expectations of that. Um, and, you know, there's some good scenes of Barney and James. and But, yeah, it wasn't a ton of laugh out loud like some of the other season two episodes have been. What's your favorite joke? Well, you're thinking I'll start. My favorite joke... I think my favorite, I'm going to, instead of a joke, I'm going to say a scene is James sort of doing the fashion shoot and how he looks drop dead gorgeous. Just that whole, I guess, two minute intro to James that we get. I think that that's my favorite part of this episode. My least favorite is probably the Barney pulling the daddy's home back out (laughs) as they enter the bar. What about you? Any favorites on your end or least favorites? My least favorite is the very end of the girl complaining that Tom liked her boobs in 10th grade. Like, all right, we're, we're getting a little <laughs> too far. Like, why is this person invited to the wedding? <laughs> yeah, presumably Tom is in at least his 30s. Like, you've had some time to get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to cut a lot of this. I think maybe my favorite might have been, yeah, one of their little stratagems of, like, the tramp stamp. Just the way that James approaches her and Barney's, like, the rescuer. I thought that was kind of good. Yeah. Barney, we don't get to see a lot, even though it's fake. (laughs) Yeah, and you can forgive James' aggressive approach to a woman because, one, he's gay, and two, you know, we know what he's up to. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though they're sort of gaslighting her. Right. Next week, we have Lily Stoll... How Lily Stole Christmas, Christmas, yeah. There's some funny bits in that. I don't think I really love that one as a whole, but the stuff with his cousin and their kids. Oh, yeah. That don't really celebrate Christmas or... I feel like I've only seen this one, like, maybe two or three times. I don't think they replay it a lot. They get a lot of mileage out of bleeping out that word that you're not... The C word, essentially. I thought we were going to have a conversation about what we thought the word was. Right now or next week? Oh, next week. Oh, I think we know what it is. I don't know. We were going to have a conversation about it. Okay, well, we look, you have that to look forward to, folks. Why don't you go ahead and tell them where they can find us and where they can write us. 
You can find us at RunkleRecaps.com. You can email us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at RunkleRecaps, on Instagram at underscore how I met your podcast underscore. And apologies, I have been very slacking on my Instagramming, so I have some backup posts to do. So come like my posts anyway, even though they're going to be a few weeks late. Hmm. Next week we're going to the beach, so hopefully we'll be able to podcast from the beach and we won't miss a week. I think we, it's driving. We're driving there, so we can mm-hmm. bring our equipment. That's no big deal. And I'm thinking about doing a top ten favorite summer songs ranking because we'll be at the beach. Okay. I look forward to that. You, you look like you look forward to it. <laughs> All right. Well, it's past nine o'clock. And you have warm soup belly. I do have warm soup belly, so I think we're going to turn in. We hope all you single folks are going to be out there soon having fun again. All right, everybody. Be safe. Be safe.